Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, welcome along to the Short Polar Rugby Pass podcast. Scotty Stevenson and Mills Mulyaina joining you as we look ahead to uh, the final tests of these June series here in the Southern Hemisphere. South Africa taking on England, Australia, Ireland, and the All Blacks taking on France. Millsy, uh, all the chat this week, and no surprise really, has been about the fact that uh, another red card has had a major impact on the series, or another card has had a major impact on the series, and the debate rages on. You were there in <coughs> Wellington on Saturday night, and I know that uh, amongst your uh, television colleagues there was a lot of debate. Uh, I, I want to ask you point blank. Have we gone a little bit too far in terms of policing accidents in the game rather than willful acts of foul play? Yeah, I, I think we have a little bit, and that was probably evident in, in the weekend. And, and admittedly, like when it when this fir- this rule first came out, I was a little bit iffy about it. Either way, um, at mm. the time, but now that this has happened, it was just. I mean, it's a huge. That's a huge uh, consequence for, admittedly, something that sort of um, was accidental. And so the grey area for me was the fact that when two guys have got eyes on the ball, and the rule, you know, and Correct me if I'm wrong, Sue. The rule is if if the person's jumped before you and got higher than you, then you have to protect them. Well, how are you supposed to do that if you're looking at the ball at the same time? And so it could have yeah. easily happened the other way. You know, uh, Benjamin Fall could have gone up early, and um, and and Bowden could have got under his his feet. Unfortunately, and and I, and I feel sorry for um, Angus Gardner here because he's absolutely sort of policed it by uh, by the book. Um, he probably needed a bit more help from upstairs, I think. Not for the first time in this series, I, I would say, too. Look, Nozzy, you, I mean, you, you played 100 tests for the All Blacks, so, so you took a few high balls. Yeah. Uh, I spoke to Rico Ioane uh, about uh, the act of, of leaping for a high ball. He says it's the scariest moment in the game for a, for a back three player wow. because once you leave the ground... Yeah, you can't do anything. There's not a lot in your control then, is there? No. So I, I'm just saying because the law is very clear here that you've got to be in a position to catch the ball. So now we've turned rugby into a leaping contest. <laughs> I could be lying on my back and be in a position to catch the ball. I mean, the wording of that seems so wrong. Well, if a guy is running full tit after a kick, which is his job, yeah. to contest that high kick, which is why you play it, he's entitled to catch that ball however he likes. Mm. The guy who's left the ground has done so with no thought of his own self-preservation, yeah. and yet he is a protected species in our game. Now... Rugby's not a dirty game in the way it used to be anymore, and red cards have always been meted out for dirty play, yep. stomping, 
punching, eye gouging, things that are totally out of place in professional sport. We don't see those incidents anymore. No. And yet we're seeing red cards. And I spoke to a very high-profile sports lawyer about this. He said, you know, you can't have belief in a judicial system that is trying to create foul play where no foul play exists. Rugby is a game of contacts, and it's a game where accidental damage will occur. That is collateral yeah. in a game where you are running at a defensive line and you're going to get crushed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you know what I'm, I'm... I'm not explaining myself very well, but, you know, I, I'm really frustrated because... We do not want to lose the contest in rugby, and rugby is an eternal contest. For 80 minutes, there is a contest for the ball. If we start to say that you can't contest that, and you can't contest that, yeah. like we've done with the intentional knockdown law, which has now become if you miss an intercept, you're a, it's but, a penalty. Yeah, yeah. Full stop. Yeah. If you take these areas of contestability out of the game through legislation, you are ruining the game. It, it, it does. It absolutely ruins the fact that, okay, if you're defending and you're now going to put up a contestable kick and you're chasing it, well, in my mind, I, I'm not going to be able to contest it. I'm, I don't want to contest it. Just, right. just in case I end up tipping this guy over. Now, I know, you know, Bowden was, you know, um, he got a little bit, he got concussed and the outcome perhaps sort of swayed the fact that he should have got red carded. But the fact is, I don't I don't want to, as a defender now, say, well, I'm just going to give up this ball uh, and let the uh, the attacking team um, catch it, yep. get, to his, get down on his feet and then I tackle him. Well, then you... You're under pressure you're again. Given you've, away to, position. You've, you've given it up. Yeah. And so that's the biggest thing. Um, in terms of what Rico Ioani has, has said, it's the scariest thing. I used to love getting up in the air. And sometimes, you know, you do get the odd, um, you know, knock, which was deliberate. You know when you're on the field where someone's going to, when someone's d- deliberately taking you, uh, taking your feet. Um, yeah, so in your expert opinion, yep. Benjamin Fowle, that is not a deliberate act of taking someone in the air. No, no there's yep. no way that happened. No matter whether he got checked or not, his eyes were clearly on, on the pill. He was probably looking at jumping a little bit later because he came on so square. And when we talk about that, that he, he is the, the, the best person at attacking balls like that, it comes down to technique, is probably um, Israel Falau because he comes from an outside in and then he, he attacks... Um, he attacks the ball from a sort of a J-line sort of area. And so he's never in an area where he's coming front on and, you know, the, the opposition's coming at him. And, and that's a technical thing. In terms of what happened in the weekend, there's no way that should have been a red card. All right. Well, I think we're all in agreement here. We can't blame Angus Gardner. No. We don't think he's got enough support from the TMO, I think, for the second straight week. And, you know, I like George Ayub, I really do. But yeah. it's the job of the TMO to be able to look at those factors in real time yeah. in the same way that the judicial panel, review panel, looked at those factors. That's that's your role yeah. as a TMO. When, you, when you're in that box, you get all the views, okay? You're not in the heat of the moment but where Ang- Angus Gardner is. He's not looking up at a big screen, which is 50 metres away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he hasn't got players, you know, you can feel the sort of intensity of the players. So... You know, George in that box have got to, has got to make a decision. If he's seen that he's been checked, and this is what the World Rugby has come out and said, you know, the fact that um, Benjamin Ford got checked by Anton Leonard Brown, which impended the fact he, you know, he was off balance. Mm, mm. Well, uh, it's in front of the screen. I mean, and then you got to go back to the law book. Is that is that the law? I mean, now are we looking to see if he actually got checked? Because I can guarantee that's what's going to happen. Now they're going to look around to see whether he got checked or not. Oh, look, exactly, exactly. It's a it's a complicated scenario, and it's a shame because it does, it it has a major uh, effect on a game of rugby as it did. You were there, as I said earlier. You could see the energy just 
sap oh. from that stadium as soon as that car was dished out. <laughs> and again, that's not that's not Angus Gardner's fault. That, but that, that's a law book that has lost its way in terms of context and feel. Well, you know when something's wrong, when 12 minutes into a game, the New Zealand supporters are doing the Mexican wave. Yeah, that's... We're, we're, never, that's we're never that intense. I mean, I'm sorry, we're never that intense in, ter- in terms of getting amongst it and celebrating. We're usually sitting there sort of quietly in, in anticipation of what's going on. Very Kiwi response to the last try to Borgarit as well, I thought. Yeah. They got the biggest cheer of the game. Yeah, the the, the yeah. French try to finish the match gets the biggest cheer of the game. What a sporting crowd we have. Which leads us to test number three in Dunedin this week under the roof. Uh, it's a good morning too to producer Alice. You're, you're right in there. We're in a, Hi, we're, yeah. We're, we're in a weird studio today, producer Alice. Why? We are in a strange studio. Um, there's a bit of construction going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there was much hammering in the last podcast, but... Um, there has been in the podcast for the past week, so we've moved into some fancy studios. It is fancy. Yeah. It is very fancy. We're, we're not used to this uh, level of elegance where we work. Um, Producer Alice, what did you think of uh, the test last week? Did you stay up for it or did you fall asleep? I did. I did stay up for it. Hmm. Um, we we had a bit of a party afterwards. Did, not did not about the game, about something completely different, but uh, was it was that? a nice little way to consume some beverages while um, preparing for the party and watching the game. Was there a glass barbecue involved? There was no glass barbecue. You sure? A glass I barbecue? Don't, you don't want to get on the glass barbecue at a party. Never. And that stuff's everywhere. Never. Great for weight loss, but not great at a party. <laughs> I don't think it's great in many no, cases. No, it's not. I'm good. Just checking. Just stay, checking. I just want to know. That, I just want to know what kind of company you're keeping. If someone's turning up to your party with illicit drugs, I would like I've to know. I've only just clicked on. Not that illicit. Have you, have you finally got that, Milton? Yeah, I've only just got that. The glass Barbie. Let's talk about the week ahead. It's a red Nita. card, mate. That's what, a red, for me? That's a red card right there. What, bringing, for suggesting that, that producer I did, not, I did not suggest that. I said, was there any glass Barbie at the party? Oh, I didn't say, were you on the glass Barbie, Alice? I would never make that assertion about Alice. I mean, look at Alice. She's made pure as the driven snow. Yeah. Look, here's what I want to know about Dunedin. Uh, we have the intel, Millsy, that 11 changes in total to that All Blacks team. 11 changes. Wow. So last week we are talking about the fact they've picked the first unchanged lineup in consecutive tests since 2015. Now we're talking about the third test. Yes, a dead rubber. <laughs> but 11 changes, uh, that is significant by All Black standards. Oh, that's huge, isn't it? I mean, um, it was evident he wasn't very happy. And, and um, this is Steve Hansen after the game. And, you know, to even come out and, and say that they perhaps got it wrong with sort of, um, you know, a couple of players fronting up the second week. And it is immensely after you've been out for a, a very long time. Mm. Um, and that was quite evident when he subbed off Owen Frank. So I was quite surprised. I actually thought he was injured. And then the next day I, I bumped into him and I said, oh, is everything OK? And he said, no, I just got dragged. And so, but 11 changes, I mean, it just, just goes to show, you know, they've got a lot of depth and perhaps it's, it's now an opportunity for guys to, to put their hand up and say, well, you know, the championship's coming up. We haven't played these last two two tests. Sure. My turn. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Uh, I mean, it's an exciting lineup from what we understand. Moody, Taylor, Franks, Whitelock, Barrett. That's an unchanged front five. Uh, then you've got Shannon Frizzell on All Blacks debut. Wow. We'll talk about him in a moment. Artie Savia gets a rare start at seven. Luke Whitelock back at eight. Smith and McKenzie retained in the halves. Rico Ioane on the left wing. Sonny Bill Williams, four weeks after keyhole surgery. He's back. That's remarkable. Shucks. Jack Goodhue uh, on a potential test debut. At 13, Wysaki Naholo comes back into the mix on the right and Ben Smith drops back to fullback. On the bench also, Jackson Hemipal leapfrogs Tom Franklin, gets a run. I assume that's because he can cover six, six as yeah. well. 
Uh, and Richie Moanga on the bench as out-and-out first five cover on a potential test debut. So four test debutants, two all-black debutants amongst them in this lineup. Yeah. It, it is not as conservative a selection as we have come to expect. No, and I suppose Moanga, obviously, with uh, Bowden Barrett being out, but the, the the two big ones are the Lucys, aren't they? You know, they're giving a... a I mean, you, you sort of almost had relatively inexperienced Lucys going into this first campaign, and now you, you're bringing sort of deputants in there. Oh, I mean, I like it. I, I don't mind the competition. And they won't... I mean, although it is a dead rubber, um, you know, there's plenty from that... The, actually, the first two tests, mm. and in particular defensively, I thought um, that the All Blacks have got to work on you know, for this last test leading into the championship later on. Adi Savia has been the bench player mm. behind Sam Kane. Mm. Uh, he will be feeling very happy about getting a chance to start. There was talk during the week that Matt Todd may start the game and they leave Adi Savia on the bench. I, I suspect they're keen to keep Adi Savia in the country. I, I know French <laughs> clubs are courting. We all know French clubs are courting Adi Savia. Julian Savia has just uh, officially announced that he's going to Toulon. Uh, we know that Adi Savia is on the menu. Yep. He's a target. Uh, is this a way for the All Blacks selectors to say, don't do it, don't do it, stick around, you'll get your crack? Oh, well, I, I think it's um, it's, a, it's a chance for the All Black selectors to say, well, you deserve your crack. Like, you know, he be, when he came off the bench last week, he, he brought a lot of energy. Yes, he's been used off the bench to, to spark it. Now it's, a, it's an opportunity for him to say, well... You know, go out there. You're going to start the game. Different mentality. You know, can can you um, you know bring that energy, but also make really good decisions. Um, you know, when you're out there, because it is it is a lot different to coming off the bench. Um, in terms of the long long term, perhaps there could be something in there. I don't I don't think the the All Blacks will be thinking too much about that. But we'll soon see. <laughs> Sure. Do you think there's a do you think there's a double deal? One Savier, two, saying, one, price of one Savier for the two of them. No, I'm just I'm saying like French clubs are loaded and they are shopping. <laughs> yeah. And if I'm Artie Savier right now and I am the backup, and I'm a French club owner or coach, I'm going. I know who I'm after. Mm, yeah. The guy who's probably sick of being number two. Yeah. yeah. I, that, well, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, Jack Goodhue to start in the midfield. Up against uh, who we believe will be Wesley Fofana this week, uh, Matthew Bastaro getting a breather. Is he? I find that weird. I mean, if you if you're tired, don't come. You're the captain. Mm-hmm. You're the leader. He actually played really well last he week. Did. I thought Matthew Bastaro much better than he played in the first half, uh, first test, where I think he ran for three meters. Yeah. Um, he was big and brawly, and surely he's got 80 minutes of him left. Oh, I think he has. I've loved the way he's sort of conducted himself as a, as a leader. I mean. Well, he just show, he just shown a lot of maturity the way he handled the red card with his players when there was a little bit of niggle as well he sort of got in amongst his players and um, and calmed them down down a bit in a sort of typical French way it was very emotional um, but he, I think he does have eighty minutes I don't see why they they want to rest him he, he's um, obviously they look to him and as you mentioned that stat I mean, you mentioned that stat last week mm. you know, was it four meters between him and Dumaru. Yeah. I mean, that is huge. When you've got a, the, one of the most devastating ball runners in world rugby and you're not even using him. Now, last week, I think it was over 50-odd metres. So yeah. he's going to be massive. I don't, see, you know, I don't see why he needs to be arrested. It's one last test before you have a big break.
Yeah, and like Wisley for Fana, don't get me wrong, he's great. Oh, he's and, and he deserves another shot, I think, at international rugby. He hasn't played for the French, what, in 18 months? I mean, it's incredible. Well, Wisley for Fana, when he first came, for 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 Fana, when he first came on the scene, was um, yeah, he was supposed eight. to be the next big thing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll see how they go. They can't change their Lucy's, can they? I thought Gordon, Babelot, and uh, Galtier were fabulous. Yeah, better than the All Black Loose trio last week. Yeah, well, they. I mean, we, we spoke about it last last week. That I think you, you said it. Um, you know, they need a change in the Lucy's, and didn't, they brought some heat, didn't they? They mm. they um, well, obviously a lot of turnovers, particularly in the wider channels against the All Blacks, but. The running game, you know, when they sniped around, found some nice holes, particularly early on. Yes, I know the game, you know, once uh, the red card um, came about, but they were still effective uh, around the edges. So I I think that the All Blacks should be concerned about that because there are certainly plenty of holes out there. Talk to me about the most challenging review you ever had when you were in the All Blacks in terms of the feistiest review post a test, because uh, I understand the All Blacks do their review on a Monday, yeah. uh, where you sit there and try to avoid the uh, the gaze. Oh, shit, mate. Can you remember one that stands out for you after any performance in particular, or one where the fireworks were really oh. on show? Oh, I- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I, I mean, it didn't take until Monday for this review, but I do, <laughs> I do recall the, um, the Brisbane test in 2011 when we lost. Mm. Um, and... Ted, what's the Graham Henry that he's known as now, um, was not very happy. I mean, he kicked a few things. First time I'd seen him, so animated in the change room. This is in the change room. I was sitting beside him. He broke a couple of hangers. Um, he certainly didn't get the glare, but he you knew. He a hanger. What do you mean he broke it? What, just oh, he snapped it in two? He, he kicked something and broke <laughs> some other thing. I was, I was standing, I was sitting beside him. I was like, gee. I'm going to get dropped the following week. <laughs> <laughs> so he was angry. Yeah, he angry was very angry. But, um, you know, S- Steve, he's a little bit sort of methodical. I think he'll, mm. he'll bring them in and sort of um, he, he'll, be, he'll be a straight shooter. Um, and, and you know as a team, when, you, when you're coming into a review, you're like, oh, please don't bring up any clips of, of myself and things mm. like that. So, But mm. there's obviously another plan towards this, obviously a, a lot of big changes. So once they've, they've parked up that review, which will last you know, 40-odd minutes, you know, they'll move on to the next thing to make sure they, uh, they get excited about it. One of the things we understand that was discussed was the motivation for both teams. And there were questions over why did they, the French, turn up hungrier than... You guys, the All Blacks. Mm. Um, that gets to the heart of everything the All Blacks stand for, that question, doesn't it? That makes you think. And, and I only bring that up because when you look at the team that they've announced, there's no shortage of motivation here. Mm. Seven Highlanders on their home track, 
four blokes on debut, two guys who have never played for the All Blacks before. This is the ultimate motivator for the team to say, right, this is my shot. Do you think part of the selection process, and I know, I agree with what you say, I I think Steve Hansen's a very methodical selector, Mm. but as part of this, just to get the rocket fired up? Oh, that'll be part of it. That'll that'll say, okay, well, you guys didn't quite get it right last week. There's guys sitting here that haven't played any test matches or are are, are waiting for the opportunity. And to me, after that first test, we're out in the field and... You know, there are a, lot, a lot of the All Blacks are doing their um, um, their extras, and Steve Hanson and Co. were sitting out there actually barking at them. Well, no, not so much barking, but the stare and making sure these guys were pushing themselves. Now, you know, you talk about guys that are coming off the bench wanting the opportunities and saying, hey, if you're going to start, I'm going to nip at your heels. Well, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you've got these other guys now who Steve and Co. have said, well, you, you know, if there's any opportunity that, that arises, you're going to get it. And when you're sitting out there after a game watching these guys train their hearts out, and then all of a sudden get an opportunity. Oh, mate, I tell you, it's, there's, there's a lot of motivating factors behind it. But it also gives them trust, the fact that the All Blacks have trusted them mm-hmm. to go out and bust their balls off. And now they get an opportunity. So it will it'll, it'll put a rocket up those guys that um, are the incumbents. Let's talk about Shannon Frizzell before we move on to the Australia and Ireland test. Uh, what a moment for him. I, I spoke to him last weekend. Uh, he was on promotional duty for the first test. And uh, I just asked him about you know, that feeling when he first got selected and he said he'd called his family and they all thought he was joking. No one would believe him that he'd been selected in the All Blacks. <laughs> very unassuming, very quiet boy. Um, look, he must be absolutely doing cartwheels thinking about what's about to come down on Saturday if indeed he is in their starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what a moment, hey? I mean, your family don't believe you're in the, you're in the All Blacks <laughs> and all of a sudden you're, 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 you're playing in, in, in your first test and... Um, all the emotions that must you know that comes with it will be absolutely immense, and I think the good thing is about that that environment is the fact that um, you know all he has to do is really concentrate on his own job um, instead of sort of uh, letting the emotions um, take over. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can produce. We all know what he, what he's done uh, in Minor um, Ten Cup, um, but also. Uh, Super Rugby level. This is mm. a different different step up, and um, I hope he goes well. It's about relationships to me, this team. If you, you think through some of the key uh, platforms in the game, that front five, all Crusaders, yeah. and, and that's worked for them, especially at line-out time. Frizzell has Whitelock, so you've got that Highlanders combination there yeah. to, to depend upon. Uh, I think you look um, out wide as well, Smith and Naholo, they've got that Highlanders combination yeah. to think about as well. You know, relationships are so important, and, and I, I'm not trying to turn this into a marriage counselling session. <laughs> I, you know you know what I mean when yeah, I say yeah. relationships. Guys who have an intuitive understanding, in the same way the Barrett brothers do, and we've seen that in mm. the first test, we, and we didn't see that relationship between Geordie and Damien. Damien, yeah. Um, because you can't. You, you, you can't make that up overnight. No. It's got to bed in over time, and these guys have played backyard together. But I, I like the fact that they've put these combinations in place so at least there's familiarity at some level yeah familiarity is massive and you talk about relationships and it's often brought up um, by the coaches and in, in, in different um, environments because it's what usually happens the front the front or the the tidies go away they have their big meetings about what their, their goals are same do the Lucy's as do the insides and then the outsides but also get an understanding about um, you know what the guy beside you likes to do, whether he likes to run an outside ball, whether you know, um, and, and trusting his voice. When you've got that familiarity in, in Super Rugby level, and you know that um, you know if, if um, let's just say Ben Smith wants the ball, um, then he, there's something that's obviously you know um, you know 
obviously on. Whereas, mm. you know, in the weekend, um, you're right, Damien and and, um, and Geordie didn't quite have that sort of same familiarity or, or, or trust. And that, that builds over time mm. um, like anything else. But I like the way they've, they've gone about it. They've obviously thought um, long and hard, the selectors, about um, making sure those combinations are right. Let's move on across uh, the ditch where the Wallabies and the Irish have a date with a series decider. Excited about this. Awesome, the only mate. one of the Southern Tests that uh, is going to end with uh, an all or nothing. Uh, what about Johnny Sexton last week? Wow, we. Damn. Talk, talk about take control of a game. Damn. That was a freak show from him. Yeah, and I thought the Aussies were going to win. I still, I still believe they'll win the series, but one man just incredible how one man can make a difference and uh you know and the confidence he brings i mean i think they got a penalty what with about 30 odd minutes to go and they're up by two sexton could have easily have slotted that over but to have the confidence then to go to the to the um to the line out i mean um that just speaks volumes in itself that uh you know here's a guy with 50,000 tests um has done <laughs> everything possible and Northern Hemisphere rugby and world rugby, and um, he comes out and he fires. And I mean, don't get me wrong, the other guys, you know, Keith Thrill was, was, was massive as well. Um, Connor yeah. Murray, good too, yeah. again. I mean, that combination was huge. And so I think losing Guinea was was massive for the mm. for the Wallabies, but um, certainly that the game over the ditch this weekend is going to be huge. Yeah, I really like it. Tyke Furlong for me too, mm. and Peter Armani if you want to go on the front. I mean, Tyke Furlong is. And arguably, one, I think, one of the top three most damaging front rows in the game right now because he's dynamic. Yeah. Uh, we saw Joe Moody sprinting away for a, for a try <laughs> on the weekend, which um, frankly startled me. It was like watching a rhino who'd been scared out of the bush. But, um, yeah, Tyg Furlong scares people. And you've got to have a scary bloke like that. Yeah, I mean, I think he ran the most metres or something. I heard that was some of the, <laughs> the commentators were saying he ran the, he's, he's run the most metres out of the Irish team. But he's a big, <laughs> scary man, isn't he? And, he? and he loves getting amongst it as well. Mm. So he's um, he's not your typical Irish prop. He's, he's very mobile um, and, and very physical. No, I like him. I like him a lot. I just, uh, I'm looking forward to this game. I, I disagree with you, Millsy. I, I think the Irish will find something. I really do. Uh, you know, look, they're the number two ranked team in the world. Yeah. They know what's yeah. on the line. It's their last game of the season. Um, and, and I think under Joe Smith, that's the kind of team that leaves it all out on the park. Yeah. And we've seen that time and time again. We moved to South Africa for, uh, <laughs> oh, oh. Where, do, where do we start here? Oh. Um, England are on a slide. I think we can all see that. Eddie Jones has been criticised um, because we all knew that was coming. And now he says, oh, I love the criticism. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> Come on. I mean, and if you do, what does that say about you? If you do, what does that say about you? And what, look, to be honest, you know, I'm, it's just, it's always about Eddie. I don't know what it is about him. And here we are talking about him. We're not talking about the fact that Denny Cipriani might come in as starting first fight. We're not talking about the fact that Owen Farrell is the on-field leader. We're not talking about Mike Brown at fullback. We're not talking about the fact that twice they're blowing leads. We're talking mm. about Eddie Jones. Yeah. And Eddie Jones's favourite subject is Eddie Jones. Jones. Yeah. I mean, it is. That's the sort of stuff you want to be talking about. But I guess uh, in saying it also, I mean, he's he, he just has that personality about him, doesn't he? He doesn't, when he's winning, he's got that little smirk on his face. When he's losing, you you, you kind of want some sort of comment out of him. And so you, you tend to concentrate on on Eddie, Eddie Jones regardless, don't you? I love the criticism. I love the criticism, Eddie Jones. I don't. I hate criticism. 
That's why you've all been blocked on Twitter. <laughs> Mike Brown's given up on Twitter. And uh, oh, Mike really? Brown had an altercation after Eddie Jones in the first test uh, having an argument uh, about uh, what he says was a, a bottle of pinotage. Uh, Mike Brown abused by one of his own fans. Um, I hate that. Hmm. Mike Brown is a very good footy player. Oh, tough. And tough as nuts, tough. right? I mean, come on. And, you know, when you've travelled all that way, I understand you've got some skin in the game as a fan. But questioning a man's effort straight after a test loss, leaning over the fence where you haven't had to sweat at all, what? you haven't had to take a single tag and you're going to lean over the fence. I know players get criticised. We analyse performance. We do this. But, you know, Mike Brown now in the headlines because he told the bloke to shut up. Fair Fair cop. Shit, yeah. Oh, I mean, um, he's picked the wrong person to say that to. Mike, Mike Brown is the one person that you'd say wears his heart on his sleeve for that yeah. for the, um, for that white jersey. And so, oh, good on him for saying that. I mean, and he hasn't. Well, he hasn't even, he's played pretty well in the <laughs> series. What? I mean, I mean, I know they haven't got the wins, the English team, but. Mike Brown as an individual has been spectacular. There were times in his career where he was probably the most feared back that England had. Yeah. yeah. And the, the All Blacks would analyse the hell out of his game because they knew if they could nullify him, then you'd go some way to making sure England couldn't counterattack on you. He yeah. is a good player. He doesn't need to, deserve to be treated like that by his own fans. No, I don't think so. That's That sucks. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Beat it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this final test? Look, I'm really wrapped with South Africa. I spoke to Matt Pierce, uh, lead commentator for Supersport. Um, you've met Matty's champion man. Mm. Um, you know, he said the feeling around South African rugby again yeah. is unbelievable. I was very fortunate as a young Kiwi kid to be living in South Africa in 95 and saw what that World Cup yeah. did in terms of its transformational power. Uh, and it has the hallmarks of real belief growing within that squad. Sia Khaleesi's obvious passion. Um, and the virtue signalling around his captaincy, uh, which is on merit, may I add. This isn't about uh, tokenism or any other ugly word you want to find for it. Yep. And then you've got a group of players coming through, living up to his expectation, mm. and you've still got guys to come through behind that. Yep. It, the Springboks, if they can bottle this feeling, yeah. may well be back to being the oh, genuine man. force we know they can be. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's giving me bloody goosebumps. Mm. I, mean, think, I mean, thinking about the way they're playing at the moment, the energy that they're bringing, but also the crowd, you know, the voice that they're getting behind their team. And, you know, that, that first test, to come back, I mean, um, from where they were, also the second test and the way they've, they've played, I mean, that just, uh, it just gives them confidence. You know that they've learned from a lot of their mistakes, so they're only going to get better. I, I'm really, I, I can't wait for the championship, and for the first time, this is probably the first time I actually can't wait, because you know that it's, I think there's going to be massive challenges. You know, the All Blacks aren't going to have it, you know, their own way, um, you know, this year. So I'm looking forward to the whole competition in itself. Mm. Um, but certainly, South African rugby, it, it's getting back to what it, it, it used to be, and I hope they do. I hope they bottle it all up um, and, and continue that growth. So England, any show in this third test? Because uh, a clean sweep for South Africa, or should I say three straight losses on tour for Eddie Jones, I mean, how much does that then ratchet the pressure up on this England squad? Oh, it's, it's massive. Oh, I, you, you spoke about, you know, Cipriani when he came on. I think he was huge. So if This uh, is crazy, isn't it? I mean, how back to the future is this call <laughs> on Denny Cipriani? I mean... 
get, don't get me wrong, when Danny Cipriani plays, he's wonderful to watch. He is everything you love about a, a footy player. He's a maverick. He does unexpected things. But, man, we're reaching a long way back into the past to bring Danny Cipriani out as the hero of the day. Yeah, it's a, it's a very long, very, very long way to, to reach back. But he did some great good stuff. I mean, he came on, he actually challenged, and it probably gave... You know, we'll give Farrell if, if he does start a bit bit more room um, and, and a lot less pressure to actually attack. And so, but it's a long shot. I can't, I can honestly cannot see England winning this third test. And, and the, I suppose, um, the confidence that's brewing in South Africa at the moment, they'll want to finish it off strong. Yeah, there's a lot of Budavorce going on down there, that's for sure. <laughs> Alice, are you having a party at your house after the test on Saturday night? I don't know. Shall we? Yeah, sure. Let's organise one. Yeah, I'll definitely. Be, I'll be finished work at about 10.30. That'd be yeah, too yeah. late. No, nah, heaps of time. And there'll be no... You, the, no glass barbecues. There'll be no glass don't barbecues. Don't even think about bringing your own, Scotty. <laughs> Will there be any barbecue at all? We, I think we've sold our barbecue. But why, why did you sell your barbecue? Top. A stovetop. <laughs> Sto- and, and some knives? Indoor barbecue. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what do you need knives for? To cut the meat you cook on the oh, stovetop. What did you guys uh, think yeah. I need knives for? Oh, okay, okay. Don't turn this on me. This is not my idea. You're the one having parties on test match nights, <laughs> producer Ellis. Yeah. Why aren't you having parties on test match nights? <laughs> so we're, working. we're working. We're working. Yeah, but you can party after work. Mills Surely takes... you don't. You don't work like <laughs> no, till Mills... seven a.m. Well, next no. morning. Well, did your party go till seven a.m.? What? Nah. And there was no glass barbie, surely. What? 7 a.m. You did. Nah. Look at your smile. You are. You're smiling. Did it really? A sunriser. That's fun. It's a good time. Youngsters these days, eh? Producer Alice. It's good to, good she made it to work today. Oh, yeah. Usually Wednesdays after a 72-hour bender. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yep. Producer Alice. That's all right. Thanks, Milsey. Thank you, Sumo. That's been the short ball for another week. Enjoy all that test match action on the weekend on rugbypass.com. We'll see you next week. And we've got a very special guest next week, Milsey. Oh, have we? Mm-hmm. Who's that? Not telling. Not a secret. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.